together. What church is it? Right now or the other? Ha, <laughs> ha, 
Yes, Proud of you guys. You guys crushed it. It's okay to not be okay. Thank you, buddy. Find community. You guys are awesome. We love y'all. All right. You know what we do of all of our new members? Uh, this is an exciting time. You know, just before COVID, over our two sessions of taking in within a, about 90-day period, we'd taken in 60 families to new membership. And so I told these guys, everybody said, Well, it's COVID. Will anybody really? take the time or want to be in this situation to join and, and all that. I said, hey, this group's our seed. So everybody give a big shout out to the seed for future families, right? We don't stop because of anything when it comes to cutting covenant. And you know here at this house, and they know very well, I teach two of the four sessions in the membership deal because I know this. Number one, it's covenant, and I want them to understand we are in covenant together. Are we in covenant together? They're in covenant with me. That means they're in covenant with you, right? And so we're standing together through whatever situation or trial. We're for one another, and we fight together for whatever we got to fight for, right? And then the second thing is I believe every member is called to ministry. Isn't that what the book of Acts said? Isn't that what the Great Commission said, right? That, that whenever we, what, come to God, what, we're, we're to go forth, man. We're not to sit still, and every member is a minister. So this time, we're bringing them in. We've got a cute, uh, real nice certificate for them and all that, but I want you to just stand and stretch your hands, as we always do, and I want to pray over them, and you're going to agree with me, and we're going to release them into ministry as they begin to serve every month, at least four hours a month at the church. They, they agree to be biblical tithers, and they're going to attend and pray regularly. Are you ready to pray for these guys right now? Yeah. Okay, let's stretch forth your hands. Father, I just thank you for these men and women of God. I thank you that we have some new family members. We were already family members in the kingdom, but now we're family members in our house, and they're part of us, and we're part of them. And Father, I just thank you that you called every one of us to go forth and to preach your gospel. God, it doesn't mean we're on a pulpit, but our life is the greatest sermon we will ever preach. And Lord, as we come into a covenant together and an agreement together over one another's life, we have the authority to make thousands and even millions of the enemy go to flight because they have no chance against your body and against your people when we stand together under you and your name in covenant for your gospel. So we release them now into ministry to love, to touch, to change, and to win as many as possible and we pray you anoint them, God, to heal the sick, set the captives free, and to, to evangelize wherever they are. And we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, do you believe that this morning? Come on, give God a big shout of praise. Everybody say welcome. Say welcome to the family. All right, God bless you guys. Can go on. What else, Mark? So proud of you guys. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you. What's up, Bubba? How you doing, man? You doing good? Yeah, okay. Well, I just told him I want to preach, so we're not having any more music or anything right now. Say preach, Pastor. Because here's the thing. 
We're living in a unique time. We're living in a, in a new, unique season, that's for sure. And I'm going to get into that here in just a moment. I also want to remember, refer to uh, Pam Hager. Is She's been teaching, training women who've been abused and addicted for years. But she's gotten some a refresher training, a whole other level of training. So this summer we'll be kicking off a, well, next, with our next Connect groups. This fall we'll be kicking off a whole group for women just like we have for the men. So if you know anyone addicted, struggling, been abused, whatever it is, Pam, be ready for them. Amen? Let's, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your sweet, precious anointing. I thank you that you have marked us. I thank you that you have called us for such a time as this. God, we just humble ourselves before you, and we humble ourselves at the throne. And we just thank you that you've called us for such a time as this, Father. I just give you praise and glory that it's your anointing that preaches today, not a man, Lord. It's your anointing that brings salvation, healing, deliverance, and breakthrough. I pray, Father, that you just help our body and the body of Christ as a whole to come to the realization of how significant and how important we are to each other and to you and to the world. And we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. The church said? Amen. The church said? Amen. Yeah, I want to start off today by saying this to all of our Bethel family watching online. And I know many of you have unique situations and circumstances of why you haven't been able to come back to attend in person. But we want you to know our heart is with you. We want you to know we love you and miss you, but we understand and we're standing with you. And as soon as you feel comfortable, get back in here with us because it's feeling pretty good in here, and it's not the same without you. So we love you. Amen. Do you love everybody watching online today? <clears throat> everybody say, take back my roar. Ooh. Say, take back my roar. Now, you'll understand that in a minute. I believe it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to take back our roar. Does anyone believe that? You don't know what I'm talking about yet, but you will in a minute. Amen? So let me talk about this for a minute. I believe that we in the body of Christ are in a season. We're in a season where God is removing things, but he's also prophetically restoring things. He's removing some things in the church that we've been used to, patterns, situations, how we do things, <clears throat> and even some of our beliefs. He's He's removing some of that through life, through circumstances, through situations, through trial, through fire. But he's not only removing things just to remove them. He's removing things so he can redeem the things that he wants in our life and in our church. Does anybody believe that this morning? So as we get into this, I'm going to bring a little clarity to what I'm talking about. Take back my roar. Take back your roar. And uh, go with me to Revelation chapter 5, beginning in verse 5. Revelation 5, verse 5. It says, but one of the 24 elders said to me, stop weeping. Everybody say, stop weeping. Look. Everybody say, look. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Woo, man, that just feels good coming off my lips. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Now, I'm going to give you a little prophetic outline from this passage of Scripture. And what I want you to understand as we begin to talk about this, first thing I want you to do is look at that passage, and I want you to underline the tribe of Judah has won, has been won, has won the victory. The tribe of Judah has won the victory. Underline that. And then next, I want you to underline he has won the victory. Does anybody believe he has 
won the victory this morning. So I believe when we get this revelation of the line of the tribe of Judah and we walk in the true full victory of Christ, that doesn't mean you won't have trials, you won't have battles, you won't have some losses along the way, but you have the victory because read the end of the book, you win, right? You've already won. But there is a season of weeping, and we see that in our nation with all the things that's been going on, heartbreaking as it is, as we're just trying to see God move in the situation with, our, with race and with, 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 with the prejudice and the racism we're dealing with in our nation and to, to lift our brothers and sisters up, to be all they can be for God with us and us together, that it's not a us or a them. And I know it's not that way in this family. We're family, but our nation, it is. And we want to believe for, for unity and peace and power so that we can walk in the full strength and the covenant of the gospel together. Does anybody believe that this morning? I said, does anybody believe that this morning? And as we see all the other things happening in our nation with the sickness, the death, and, and, and the hurt, and the heartache, and, and now we see how Satan, his desire is to get us away from our pride. That's what a lion's group is, right? Their pride. He's trying to get us away and separate us and isolate us so he can begin to work on our mind, work on our hearts, and even work on our belief system. He wants to separate you so he can destroy you. And what I want to encourage you in this morning is this. As we look at this prophetic outline, we need to get back our roar. When we're looking at whatever we are facing today, nothing is bigger than your God. Do you believe that this morning? I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 30, verse 5. He said that weeping hmm, may last for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes, what? In the morning. It's time to get over our mourning and step into our mourning. It's time to move beyond weeping. We, we acknowledge our weeping. We feel the pain, the hurt of it. But now what are we going to do with our scars? What are we going to do with our pain? What are we going to do with our hurt? What are we going to do with our loss? What are we going to do with the things that we have been through, the trial of fire, the scars we've received, and how are we going to turn our mourning into joy? Anybody ready for some joy this morning? Now, what's interesting here, as we look at this, hmm, <laughs> as we look at this, and watch this, we see what he has won. And I know that when we think about winning and we think about all we've been through this year, and many are still going through a lot of things and hurts and so on and sickness and division in their life, as we see that, what I want you to realize is we many times look at this as God looking at things from a linear perspective. You know, he's not looking at things from a linear perspective. He is not confounded by our times or he's not constrained by our time. You know, we have chronos time where we get our chronological time where <clears throat> time is orderly and segmented. Seconds turn into minutes. Minutes turn into hours and days and so on. And we see that. And then we have charis time or charis or charis time and that's seasonal time. Where, where we have seasons, whether it's summer, winter, fall, whether summer, fall, winter, whatever, or whether we have good times, tough times, okay times. We have our youth, you know, our, our adult life, our young adult. We have our older life, all that. We have seasons. Well, what I want you to realize is God is not constrained by linear time. He's not constrained by our chronos time, and he's not constrained by our seasonal time. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is before time. Time is simply a tool to God. Do you believe that this morning? And as we think about that, time is just a tool, 
Then we look at where it says that the lamb, right, the lamb of the tribe of Judah did what? He has already, everybody say, he has, not will, not will, not could, not should. He has won the victory. So right now, it's time to get the should out of your life. It's time to kick the should out and get the has in your life because it is time for you to rise up to be that line. It's time for you to rise up to be that man of God. It's time for you to rise up and become that woman of God. We have a city. We have family. We have neighborhoods. We have a nation. We have a world that is depending on the true church, the true what lines of the tribe of Judah to rise up and to step in to the battle because we don't step in with, with fear. We don't step in with trepidation or, or any of that. We step in with the promise that it is finished. Oh, you'll get there with me this morning. I know you a little slow. You must have been up late last night. So we know here what that the line of Judah has total victory. And as we look at that and we come to that from, now let me read it here for you from Revelation 5. I'm going to read Revelation 5 through 7, but I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible and then make it a little clearer to you. It says, the one, says, then one of the 24 elders said to me, stop weeping. Anybody ready to stop weeping? Look closely. The line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has overcome and conquered. Does anybody believe it? He, is, he, he can open the scroll and break its seven seals. And there between the throne with the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb, Christ, Christ, Christos, the anointed one, not anointed one, the anointed one, and the Messiah, the anointed one and his anointing, Christ standing. Look at this now, bearing scars and wounds, as though it had been, it had been slain with the seven horns, complete power, and with seven eyes, complete knowledge, which are the seven spirits of God, who have been sent on duty into all the earth. And he came and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat at the throne. Now, what I want you to get out of this here, we see that Jesus Christ, what? is seen as both the lamb and the lion. Everybody say the lamb and the lion. So as we see Jesus is seen here both as the lamb and the lion, so that means he is not only the sacrificial lamb that's taken on the scars, that's paid for our sin, died on the cross and rose again for the penalty of our sin, and he's, he's more than a conqueror. He's the king of all kings. He's the lord of all lords. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah, now, now what, what's that saying here when we look at that? What does that make you? The Bible says that what? When you're born again, old things pass away. At what? All things become new. But why? Because you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. You and I, when we give our life to Christ, become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. What? And all things become new. And as you think about that and meditate that, I want you to realize that God doesn't want you to just live like a little lamb anymore because the lamb has already been slain and rose again. The lamb has taken the scar. This lamb has taken the wounds. What Christ wants you to live as sons and daughters of God, he wants you to live like a lion. Everybody say, like a lion. 
You see, a lamb don't have a roar. Satan loves to distract you. Satan loves to discourage you. He loves to beat you down. He loves to push you back. He loves to isolate you. Why? So he can begin to make you feel like, oh, well, I'm just a little sweet Christian. God didn't call you to be a little sweet Christian. God called you to be a king's kid. He called you to be royalty. He said in 1 Peter 2, 9, you are what? A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people to show forth the praises of the Lamb of God that brought you out of darkness, what? Into his marvelous light. You have been called for such a time as this. You, you, you could have been born in any dispensation, but God chose this time, this day, this hour, this moment for you to be walking, talking, and breathing on this planet because he prepared you for such a time as this. It's in you. It's deep down in you somewhere. And my goal is today is for you to get your roar back. Anybody ready to get your roar back this morning? So as we see Jesus described what? Both as the lamb and the lion, and we understand that. Look what Galatians 3.27 says. It says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ, you have put on what? The full nature of Christ. You may look like a lamb, but you got a roar like the lion. Now, we don't discredit God's lamb. Yes, that's part of our nature because it's the nature of Christ. We don't disregard it. But I think too, many, too often the church lives like we're operating from the nature of the lamb. There's a time to operate in the nature of the lamb. But there's also the main time that what? We got to operate in the nature of the lion. And if we don't operate in the nature of the lion, we are not going to walk with a roar. Does anybody believe that this morning? Now let me get to the heart of what I want to talk about. When we look at a lion and we began to research it, and I was watching a little some stuff on National Ge Geographic on uh, one of the channels and kind of an older deal and kind of got to look at the lions. And, you know, we've heard a lot. We've seen Lion King and all that cool stuff. But as I really began to look at this scripture and meditate on a lion and what, what, what's about a lion that, that described the Son of God? What is it about a lion that's polar opposite from a lamb? Christ was both what? A lamb and a lion, that was part of his nature, so therefore, it's part of our nature as well. But what I want you to realize when it says, he is the what? The lion of Judah. Does anybody know what Judah means? Praise. Judah means praise. So he was a lion of the tribe of what? Praise. Now, isn't it interesting when you start thinking about praise, and then you put roaring together with it, it means that God doesn't want you to just be hiding out quiet, just kind of, you know, not causing any problems. He, he wants you to stand up. He wants you to move forward the way he's called you. He wants you to walk in your destiny. He wants you to perform signs and wonders. He wants you to heal the sick and set the captives free. He called you not just a New Testament Christian. Jesus didn't do away with the old covenant. He fulfilled it. And now we're living in the new season in the new covenant with God. And not only do we have his nature 
but we have, we have come into covenant with him. Everything that is his is ours, and everything that is ours is his. And when we begin to understand that, when we begin to get that revelation, I believe the next time Satan punches you in the gut, or slaps you upside your head, or attacks your children, or attacks your friend, or even attacks your church, or your city, or your nation, I believe you're not going to hang out like a lamb. I believe what? You're going to get your roar back and roar like the lion. What? Of the tribe of praise. <laughs> so a lion, whenever they roar, they, their roar can be heard approximately in a five-mile radius or a five-mile area. Now, that's interesting, a five-mile area. And what a lion does, they use their roar to do what? To mark their territory. I want to put a picture up here that I have for you of a lion that's roaring. <clears throat> Just put it up there and leave it up there, guys, for a while. Look at that. That's how God sees you. God doesn't see you. I mean, I, I love the nativity scenes and all that, the baby and all that in it. But he, that's not who you are right? This is who you are. You are a king's kid, and you are, yeah, you have the nature of the lamb, the love and kindness of God, but you also have a fighter in you. You, you, you have an anointing on you to take enemy-held territory. You have an anointing on you to protect what is God's. You have an anointing on you to take back everything Satan took back from you, but you have an anointing on you to take back everything Satan's taken back from your city, your community, and your nation. If you will just rise up, and mark your territory and win the space you're sitting in, win the neighborhood you're living in, win the city you're living in, guess what? Your roar will begin expanding. Your roar will begin to multiply your territory because God made you for such a time as this. Can anybody give me a praise this morning? Just leave that up there for a minute. So as we look at what the National Geographic says, it says this, that story I was watching, it says that the lion's enemy respects their roar. The lion's enemies, whether it's hyenas or whether it's, you know, whatever it is that, that they're facing, they respect wolves, hyenas, hyenas, and all that stuff, anything that would attack a lion that's stupid enough. But they also respect its roar. And here's what the Bible says, Amos 3.8, says, the lion has roared, and who isn't frightened? The sovereign Lord has spoken. So who can refuse to proclaim his message? Jesus has already set the markers for you. Jesus has already removed limits. He's removed time. He's removed anything that you feel could stop you from taking enemy-hell territory. But if you're going to take enemy-hell territory, you got to get out of yourself. You got to begin to roar. You got to begin to mark your territory. You got to begin to praise. You know, when you begin to praise God, guess what? You don't even realize how many lives you touch. When you begin to praise God for who He is and what He's about, the Bible says, I think it's in Psalm 100 or 101, it says, We enter His gates, what? With thanksgiving. Hmm. And His courts, woo, with praise. So we can't even operate in the presence of God in the fullness as a lion, as a fullness without our praise. What is your praise now, church? Your praise is what? Your roar. And what I want you to realize is God has some new territory for you. Hmm. He has some new territory in the hearts of your children. 
He has some new territory in the hearts of your parents and your friends. He has some new territory in the hearts of those at work, those in your community, those in your neighborhood. He has some territory that as you begin to speak and love and give God praise. Praise is not just emotional exuberance. Praise is not jumping and shouting and screaming and clapping and having fun. That, that's emotion. Now, that can be a manifestation of true praise. But true praise is when you give honor and glory to God. True praise is when you begin to tell the truth about God. When you begin to tell people when they're a Christian, they go, well, you know, I just don't know if I'm worth anything. Wait a minute. My Bible says you're the head and not the tail. My Bible says you're above and not beneath. Yeah, but, but I just don't feel like I'm equipped for this fight. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in this world. Yeah, but, you know, I got people attacking me on the left, on the right, in the front, in the back. Wait a minute. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. When you begin, what are you doing when you're doing that? You don't do it out of anger. You do it out of love. You do it with a hug and encouragement. Say, you know, what I found in the Scripture is no weapon shall prosper. Let me show you where that's at. Oh, look here. Greater is he who's in you, sweetheart, than he who's in this world. You know that old devil don't have a chance? That, that old hyena, that old wolf, that old Satan, he don't even have a chance in your life because greater is he who is in you than he who's in this world. I, you've heard me say it a lot around here, what? and that is this. What's happening inside of you is more significant than what's happening to you or around you. Because God's equipped you, what? With a praise. God's equipped you, what? With a roar. Hmm. So let me be a little more specific about this. I think last week we started to get our praise back in the church. Anybody believe that? It's kind of like through COVID, we're finally starting, you know, used to the altars were always full, people praising, worshiping God, and not just out of emotional exuberance, but through relationship, through, through heart to heart with God. If that's got you in a worship and a down weeping, you might see somebody worshiping, weeping over here, and two or three other people shouting, and somebody else running around the church. It's just whatever God inspires you to do during that time to show forth praise and thanksgiving to Him because it's helping someone else that needs a praise that don't have it yet when they see what God is doing in your life. Do you believe that this morning? So, praise is what? Praise is the atmosphere we create here in this house. And it's so significant for you and I. And that's why I just wanted to address our brothers and sisters at home or maybe guests watching online that I understand you know, whenever we're in situations, maybe certain types of illnesses or whatever it is that, that you don't feel comfortable coming to this church or the church that you go to or you attend. But, but what I want to encourage you is there is such power in coming together. That's why I just want to commend you as soon as you can. Come on back, right? We miss them. Do you miss them this morning, right? Do you miss them? You know, there's a statistic that I think is Barna said 56% of churchgoers pre-COVID still don't feel comfortable enough to come back to church. And, and we're not here to put people down. It's not back here. We don't know what it costs to be them, just like they don't know what it costs to be you. But when we're in covenant together, we're standing, we're believing from them, for them that from this spot, God will touch them, right? From this spot, God will heal them. From this spot, God will encourage them. Just like they're believing the same thing for us here today. As we begin to understand that, what do we realize is that when we begin to praise God, and even praising for the fire and praising for the trials we're going through, praising for the situations we're going through, what does that do? Whenever we begin to praise Him, it sets an atmosphere where all things are possible. You see, God, Jesus said, what? All things are possible. What? To who? Them what? Them what? 
And when you begin to believe that you have the nature of a lamb, but you also have what? a nature of a lion, you have the nature of praise, you have the nature of, of, of God, the part of his nature that wants to conquer, that wants to take enemy-held territory, that wants to protect the territory it has as well, then what happens is you're seeing with different eyes. You're hearing with different ears. Your nose has a different sense to the ground. Your discernment is different than other people's discernment. Right? Your plans become different than other people's plans. Your will gets shaped and molded in the image and the likeness of Christ. And all of a sudden, you begin to be shaped in that image and likeness to where, yes, you're like a lamb when you need to be, but boy, when you need to be that roaring lion, you've got to praise. Anybody got to praise in this house? Here's a little word I want to give you, just a little cute word. Here's what I believe God's going to do. God's going to detox your relationships. Our relationships, some of them need a detox. <laughs> we've been isolated. Maybe we've been hanging out with the wrong people too long. Or maybe you've been hanging out with the wrong people that go to church with you. If it's bringing you down, find somebody else to hang out with and pray and love them. But you need, some of us need to what detox our relationships. God's going to do that if you open your heart. You know what else? He's going to sanitize your atmosphere. He's going to sanitize your atmosphere. He's going to be going to just to, just to wipe things out as you praise him in this church and as you praise him in your car, as you praise him at home and at work, whatever, as you praise him on the good days and the bad days and the in-between days and the ugly days and the happy days, as you praise him, there's going to be a sanitizing coming over you to where no germ from the enemy, nothing Satan, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper because you're not operating weak and impotent as a child of God, but you're operating as a lion with a mighty roar. Does anybody have a roar this morning? And, and here's what I believe. The trials and the fires you've been going through and we've been going through, I believe through all this, as God does what? Begins to detox our relationships that we hang on to the people we need to hang on to and find the people that build us up in our life and people we can build up as he detoxes our relationships. And then what? As, he, as we sanitize our atmosphere, we prepare it for praise. You know, our home needs to be prepared for praise. The church needs to be prepared for praise. Wherever you're at, it, that atmosphere, when you walk in, people need to feel like, ooh, I can just praise right now. Why? I don't know. I just feel something different. They feel something different because you're sanitizing the atmosphere as you walk in. Here's the other thing I believe. When we get those two things down, he's going to vaccinate your future. Ooh. God's going to vaccinate your future. You know, you've had just a little bit of hell, just a little bit of sickness, just a little bit of fire, just a little bit of death, just a little bit of trial, just a little bit of lack put in you throughout this time. But guess what? That just vaccinated you for your future. So no sickness, no disease, no debt, no poverty, no devil from hell can take your territory. You are a lion and you have a roar. See, see, that's what he's doing here in our atmosphere church. That's what he's doing here in this room this morning. Even though we're all spread out, we're not in two, we're in one service, and here we are, we're all spread out. But we're thankful to be able to do that, aren't we? We're, we're, we're just thankful. We don't care. Satan doesn't determine our joy, does he? He don't, he don't have a right to tell us who we are or what we're about or what we're going to do or how we praise God or what stuff. He's like, well, but, you know, Pastor, you just, you know, you, you kind of went by those guidelines and, did the closing the church with some other everybody else and well pastor you know you just uh you know then you then you got everybody wearing masks and you got everybody you know six foot rule and 
you know, pastor cleaning doorknobs and people open doors so you don't have to open them. And it just felt weird coming into church. And then you leave Bethel and go to a church that's not doing it now because much of the restrictions have been lifted. And they were doing the same thing, if not more, but you didn't see it because you wasn't there. Now, I know I'm preaching to the people here, but maybe you know somebody to help them. Amen. <laughs> help a brother out, right? But it's so funny how our human nature worked. Instead of letting the trial, the fire, and the attack vaccinate us, we allow it to infiltrate us and grow and take hold and take what? Your roar. I mean, think about 1 Samuel chapter 17, right? 1 Samuel 17, the great passage with David and Goliath. You know where Satan gathered? He gathered in Judah. The city of Judah, the area of Judah, the providence of Judah. You know what he did? He gathered to what? To disrupt their praise. He gathered to interrupt their praise. You know that old story I tell right now that the old great evangelist, uh, uh, Brother Buddy, and they were having this was back, oh God, maybe a hundred, a long time ago back in the early 90s or whatever, and, and, and Buddy was a great, great preacher of a great, great denomination, and he always wore his white suits, and, and he was, man, preaching the house down at some kind of camp meeting, and all the other big distinguished preachers was behind him. And but Brother Buddy could preach the house down, get people saved and all that, but, but when he wasn't on that stage, he stuttered. And he couldn't hardly say anything. He just stuttered every time he, he talked. And then, and then, you know, he's up here preaching, and he's preaching, and all of a sudden, this atheist stands up, or agnostic, and he's got a big basket of tomatoes. And here he is. This brother buddy's preaching the house down. He let him get really going. And then he just started whizzing him. And every now and then, he'd hit brother buddy. And every now and then, he'd go by him and hit those other preachers. And buddy didn't stop. He didn't take a breath. He just finished his whole message. And here he's red with with those old tomatoes. Here are all the guys behind him are red and they're mumbling and cussing under their breath and they're mad and angry and they're just as mad at Buddy as they are that old agnostic out there. And whenever they get done, Brother Buddy goes, woo, back in the back. Boys, wasn't that a great, 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 sir. Woo, woo, had a great time. Woo, woo, woo. They said, what do you mean, Brother Buddy? How dare you say that? But, 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 but why, brother? Why, 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 why you dare me, me to say that? So said, well, you're up there just going back and forth preaching and this crazy maniac's throwing tomatoes at us and he's hitting you and he's hitting us. I mean, he's just making a mockery of the church. He's making a mockery of God. And brother, but, 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 but didn't people, people get saved? Well, yeah, but that's beside the point. What about the way we look? What about the way the church looked? What about our clothes? That are best co- Come on, Pastor Bud. Why? Pastor Bud said, you know what the p- p- problem is? I said, no, what's the problem? That guy? No, 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 no. That, that, that's not the problem. So, 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 when the pressure hits you, that, 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 what, what, what's in you comes out. <laughs> he said, well, when the pressure hit you, what, what was in you came out. And, and what came out of you was a cuss. But he said, when the pressure hit me, what come out was a praise. When the pressure hits, are you just going to cuss or are you going to praise? Are you going to rise up and let the God, the Lamb of God, and the Lion of Judah rise up into you and roar? And just because you're a little messy and a little sweaty and a little dirty and a little sick and a little tired 
weakness, you are mighty. In your weakness, you are more. You're more. You're more than a conqueror. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Let's try and get some people to help me, that's all. Try and get some people's destiny sanitized, that's all. Future vaccinated. <laughs> you know, something I found out about praise, it's kind of like a mathematical equation. You say, how's that? How's a praise kind of like a mathematical equation? Well, it seems like it equals out to ever how much hell God has brought you out of. So it seems like when we just come through a little hell, we got a little praise. <laughs> when we come through, you know, somewhat lot of hell, we have a somewhat lot better praise. <laughs> but when we come out of the pit of hell, we got a crazy praise, and we don't do it by accident. We can't stop it because every time we, we walk in a room or we open our mouth, what a roar comes out. Hmm. <laughs> See, I don't have a little praise. I have a big praise. Let me give you a second piece here. <laughs> I love this. I, I was preaching this to myself. This, I was late getting here. I just couldn't get out of the word. I was like, this is good. I, I don't even want to go talk to you, but I just want to stay in this. Hmm. So let me say this one more time, because I really sense an impartation in this room today and online, but there's a scripture that I want to read to you, and then I want to make a statement. Hosea 11.10 says this, they will follow the Lord, he will roar like a lion, and when he roars, now remember, he's already roared, right? His children, anybody his children? But guess what else? His children will come trembling from the west. In other words, the children that needed to come out of Egypt, out of bondage, right, out of slavery, out of captivity, were coming home. And what I want you to realize is when you get your roar back and when you operate with your roar, you're going to be prophesying with your praise for your kids to come home. For lost folk to come home. For God's children to come back. Anybody ready to prophesy God's children to come back? <laughs> See, put, put that, that picture of the line up, the other one with its cub on the top of its head there. Put that up for me. The one with the cub on top of its head. I marked it in my notes. Should be able to get it here in just a second. Sometimes the internet's slow or cappuccino's good. I don't know, but, it, you know. I appreciate everybody's service. Just, just seeing if you went. Oh, look there. I just messed with him. I know it's slow. Look, look at that. Any, anybody ready to bring some cubs into the kingdom? Say, 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 well, everybody in my family saved, Pastor. You know. Well, you should be the hungriest and the craziest roaring line that Jesus has on the planet. Because you're so blessed that your family's already on its way to heaven. How about you bring some more of his cubs home? Because everyone's his children. Just leave that up there a minute. 
I just want that to get in everybody's spirit. It's time for our children to hear the roar. It's time for God's children that are out there in the by and by to hear the roar. It's time for the children that are not home, the children that need to come back, the children that need to come home for the first time in our city, in our nation, and in the world to come home. Anybody believe it's time for them to come home? It's even time for prodigal sons and daughters that know God and are far away from God and, and, and are disconnected and dislocated from God, it's time for them to come home and say, come on home, prodigal. Say, come on home, prodigal. Say, come on home, prodigal. Mm-hmm. We want our prodigals back, right? So, so as we prophesy they're coming back, get, look at this. Some of the voices you're going to be hearing in the next three years are the voices that come back to God this year. I'm just telling you that by the Lord. There's going to be people come back to God in 2021 that will be, be well known for their walk with God and their ministry three years from now because the lions roared and what? Called them back. Hmm. Now, what's interesting, something else in that story, it showed, give me the next picture of this old lion right here with the scars all over his face. This is, this is real interesting. So, so as we look at the scars, a lion really has expanded territory because of its scars. And when you see these scars, these scars are not necessarily from wolves and hyenas and all that, but the biggest and deepest scars come from its own pride. That's its family. It's natural family and it's kingdom family. The biggest, deepest hurts come from people we love the most. The biggest, deepest hurts. Who can hurt you the most is the people you love the most. Who, who hurts you the most are the people you believe in the most. If you don't really believe in them or whatever, ah, whatever, you might get upset for an hour or a day and you're over it. But boy, whatever, it's someone that you have confidence in, that you love, that you esteem, or family, or friend, or son, or daughter, or parent. Wow, when they hurt you, man, is that a deep scar or what? But see, when you look at this line, the reason he can take more territory, why? The reason they can take more territory, because even when they get hurt in the pride, they don't hold a grudge. When the fight's over, it's over. Now let's heal up, and let's be a pack. Let's be a pride. Let's be a family. So there's times that, that whenever you get hurt by the people you love the most, that's when you are challenged to give grace the most. That's the challenge when you got to love the most. That's the challenge when you got to serve and give the most. And we need to understand that even in the church, when you're hurt in the church, that, that's the time you got to give back and love anyway and serve anyway and bring healing to make sure you can bring healing to that situation if you can. But if you can't, just love them and go on and make sure someone else don't fall in that trap and just lead them with the love and the grace of God in you. That's the time to be like a lamb. Because once, the, once the, the roar happens after that, then it's time to, to, to be like the lamb, right? And it's time to be approachable. It's time to be open. It's time where people can sense what you are about. And then the other scars come from, if you'll notice that line, put it back up there again. You notice that line, that line, you can't really see it where you are probably, but it's got some fresh blood and, and fluids coming down the side of its cheek there and its eye. 
And, and, and it kind of represents this. Not only is it about those deep scars are from the pride, but you see those fresh wounds, those fresh wounds and cuts and abrasions and blood that's coming from this lion's face. They, the, 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 the narrator on there was talking about it, and it had this lion, and it had this lion laying there, couldn't even open its eyes, couldn't raise its head. And that lion was, had been through a horrible battle. And now that lion is laying there, ready to, just about ready to take its last breath. Last breath, Boy, those hyenas, what did they do? They sniffed it out, and here they come after that lion. But they didn't care about the lion. They wanted the lion's cubs. And just over to the side of that lion a little ways, he had them hit, was, was the cubs. And I heard those old hyenas starting to come in, a whole huge group. Probably couldn't have defeated them, you know, by himself if he was fully strong and healthy. As he heard those lions, those hyenas coming in, he could barely get it out. And it was broken, and it was weak, but it was a roar. You know, sometimes when you're in your brokest point, when you just attempt to roar, it's your greatest roar. Sometimes when you feel the most defeated and deflated and empty and and maybe you've been wronged or you've wronged or hurt someone else or you're in a situation where you don't understand and you're living in fear and worry and your spirit and your heart's just beat down and you got that spirit of heaviness on you and you say, well, what's the use? I've tried God. I've tried it all. And you say, I just don't know, you know, what's the use dealing with this? And then all of a sudden, something you love is getting ready to be taken. And something rises up in you, that praise rises up in you, that roar. And that old lion just with the old broken word, and it's broken. But you know what to those hyenas? He might as well have been standing on the mountaintop or a rock cliff with a full roar. Just that broken praise caused every single hyena to take off and flee from those cubs. God can use a broken praise. Because he uses broken people. <laughs> and if you've been broken, like I have many times in my life, more times since I've been a pastor than I ever was in my personal life, and leading people, it's not easy. Just like you leading your family or you leading at work or you leading ministry or leading in a church, it's not easy. When you deal with people, people are messy. You've heard me say it, right? People are goofy. Don't tell anybody, but people are goofy. I'm people too, right? I'm goofy. You're goofy. We're goofy. We're all goofy. We, we all have weaknesses, man. We all sin. We all blow it. We all mess up. We all can, like, just be dumb sometimes, right? Sometimes we intend to hurt. Sometimes we don't intend to hurt, but we hurt. But if you'll just kind of get a whimpering, shallow, broken praise out, Instead of cuss, God will make the enemy flee from everything that belongs to you. Because when a lion releases its roar, the enemy can't take anything it has. When a lion releases its roar, the enemy can't take anything it has. Yeah, but I had a child or a friend die. Well, were they born again? Yes. Well, they just beat you in the race. I know it's hard, and I know it's hard when my family goes before me, but to die is the game. <laughs> there is nothing other than victory 
for you once you become a child of God. That doesn't mean you won't go through some hurt, some pain, get some scars, get some brokenness. But, but if you'll just muster up a praise, if you'll just muster up a roar, there isn't anything that Satan can take away from you and destroy, not even your cubs, not even your children, not even your children's children. So I talked about it there. Let me, I'm going to a couple more minutes here. So I talked to you about how the scars of the lion, what's it do? It grants access to new territory. Proverbs 30, verse 30 says, the lion, king of animals who won't turn aside for anything. The lion, the king of animals who won't turn aside for anything. So there's a false teaching that comes from the pit of hell. And, and that false teaching, man, and it, it, it just wants to beat you down and to make you feel like you're not good enough and like you'll never be good enough and that you don't deserve freedom, you don't deserve life, you don't deserve favor, you definitely don't deserve God, and you definitely don't deserve grace. And that stuff can beat us down and make us feel like we're just a total victim and we don't have a chance. Why is everybody picking on me? Why am I always the one losing the battle? Why am I always the one getting the short end of the stick? Now, I know all of us feel that at times, right? Every one of us can feel like, man, why me? It just seems like Satan has my number or my family's number or whatever is going on. And we just feel victimized, don't we? You that have been through abuse, it's like, uh, I forget what it is with ladies that's been through abuse. Physical and sexual abuse is something crazy, 56% or something like that, and it's probably even higher than that. This is just what's reported over time that have been through some form of abuse, and it's so easy to feel like a victim. And I'm not saying you won't feel like a victim for a minute or a day or a few days, but, but, but what I'm saying is Satan's goal is to make you feel like a victim permanently. He wants to victimize you over and over and over, and he wants you to permanently feel like you have no hope. He wants to, to take your roar. He wants to take your praise. And, and I believe the church, a lot of times, you know, right now, oh, COVID's just, you know, killed our money, killed our numbers, killed our effectiveness. And, and it's easy for the church to feel like a victim if we're not careful. It's easy for people in the church, Christians, it's easy for the church as a whole. It's easy. And I believe there's like a victim mentality on the body of Christ right now. Like, oh, my goodness, look what Satan's done. I never thought he had the power to do this. Oh, my goodness. But, but what I want you to realize is as long as you can give out a shallow, weak, broken roar, Satan cannot take anything you have. You know, you, you might be like, I see a lot of people in church right now. They're offended. You know what they're offended at? They're offended at people that are easily offended. I mean, as a pastor, you hear, well, I just can't believe. You know what they did. You know how they vote. You know what they believe in. You know what they did. Oh, my God, you know where they were at. You know what they said. You know what they did. You know what they didn't do. And then you got the other one over here saying the same thing. And then instead of having grace, we just see back and forth people easily are offended at people who's easily offended. Well, let me help you as your pastor. If you're offended at people who are easily offended, that means you are offended. <laughs> you know, I can't watch the news anymore because I'm tired of battling offense. I'll get it about 10 minutes a day, get what I need and pray, and I don't have to worry about it. Everybody else tells me. 
but my heart's in a better place when I got to deal with it. And I'm not saying put our head in the sand or anything like that. I'm just saying we got to guard our spirits. We got to guard our hearts so that we have a yes and an amen for everything we're supposed to have a yes and an amen for so that we can what? Protect our roar. People are trying to protect their stuff, trying to protect their kids, trying to protect their businesses, trying to protect their health, trying to protect their finances. That's the wrong thing. Don't worry about that. Put that in the hands of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God God and and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You know what? Don't seek to protect or keep what you have or to even get something else. Protect your praise. If you can protect your roar, if you can protect your praise, everything else will turn out all right. Does anybody believe that this morning? Romans 8, 37, we need to be a product of that. Yet in all these things, we are what? More than conquerors, what? Through Christ who loves us. And let me wrap up with this and we'll pray. And I know it went a little over today, but I can't. So, okay. So, don't worry, Bob Evans or Cracker Barrel's not crowded anyway. You don't even have to have a reservation now. You'll be go right in. Let's talk as we close and pray together here in a minute about the lion's pride. Put that picture of the pride of the lions up there marching together on the screen. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that strong and mighty? Jeremiah 51, 38 says, They say they will roar together like lions. You see, you can fake a lot of things, but you can't fake a praise. You can, you can praise through tears. You can praise through heartbreak. You can praise through the loss of a loved one. You can praise, you know, through the loss of a home or bankruptcy, an illness, even a terminal illness. But you can't fake a praise. You can praise through any onslaught Satan has set up for you. But you can't fake a praise. Because a true praise encompasses the atmosphere of God's presence. If you want to release the spirit of a lamb, release a praise that's a roar like a lion, so the lamb can operate the way the lamb nature needs to operate. But if you lose your praise, you lose hold on reality and the influence you have. So if we're going to talk about protecting our praise, we've talked about it several different ways this morning, but if we're going to truly talk about it, there's a thing called the roar roar of the collective. In other words, you know, we talk about it here. You're the sum total of the five people you hang around with most, right? My mom used to say, I had a good friend of mine, Jeffrey Parsons. And we lived in a trailer court in eastern Kentucky. And in the summer, she, you know, she worked like two shifts. And I'm running around, you know, trailer court in the field. We called it the bottom. We didn't have big fields like we have around here. And, you know, barefoot shorts and a T-shirt. Playing all the time. Well, I had a buddy that lived about a mile up the road. So we'd stay back and forth all night. I never fed. I stayed a couple nights with Jeffrey. My mom's tired. She'd work two shifts, waiting tables and all that stuff. And she walks in there, you know, in the morning, on a Saturday morning, and she sees me standing there with a big old half gallon of milk. Marion Dalton Jr., who do you think you are? Well, Mom, I... No, wait a minute. Jeffrey Parsons, who do you think you are? I said, you know who I am, Mom. No, I don't. 
You're not Marion Dalton. Marion Dalton knows better than to put his dirty lips on a clean thing of my milk. <laughs> Putting your germs in there for the rest of the fact, you might as well take it now. But I tell you what, little Jeffrey, come on back in the back, me and you need to talk. <laughs> but mom didn't talk when you went to the back. The only thing I was fortunate enough, she used a belt instead of having me pick my own switch. But she didn't have to call me Jeffrey anymore on a Saturday morning over the milk. And I ask you, who are you this morning? Who are you? Are you a victim? Are you defeated? Are you sick? What, how are you labeling yourselves? You tired? You offended? You angry? You upset? Who are you? See, until you know who you are in Christ, Jesus, the hope of glory, until you understand the revelation, how God sees you, you're not going to attract the right people around you. Put that picture back up. John 17, 21, Jesus prayed, make them one like we are one. See, see, you need to surround yourself around people, with people who can handle your blessing and your broken you. See, when you've got people around you that handle your broken you, they're fine when you're broken and you're weak and you're dependent. But boy, when you start walking in some revelation, walking into blessing. They don't know how to take you. It's time to change prides then. It, it's time to get some mighty men and women of God around you. It's time to get in our connect groups. It's time to get on our edge call. It's time to get in our route outreach ministry, our food bank ministry. It's time to get around some people in faith, our men's group, our women's group. It's time to surround yourself with the right pride, the right people. That doesn't mean the other people in the church are not your family, but you need an inner sanctum of people that make you better. You need an inner sanctum of people that, that bring the best out of you. And even when the worst comes out of you, they can get you back in the flow of the best you. You need to come into a place where you have mighty men and women in your pride. You need to come to a place where you say enough is just not enough, that God wants me to walk in more than enough, more than enough grace, more than enough love, more than enough hope, more than enough provision, more than enough forgiveness, more than enough understanding, more than enough of his presence, his power, his healing, his understanding, his deliverance. I want to do it different today. I want you to just sit there and look at me. And I'll ask you, with your eyes open looking at me, how many of you in this room need to get your roar back. On the count of three, raise your hands. You need to get your roar back, raise your hands. One, two, three, raise. If you want to get your roar back, stand up. If you feel comfortable enough, if you don't understand, but if you feel comfortable enough, I know so many people are backstage and all that, but if you want to come down right now on the count of three, come down somewhere around here with your pride, or if not, you're fine staying standing where you are. On the count of three, come down here and let's get your roar back. Anybody ready to help them get the roar back? One, two, three. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You ready to get your roar back? You ready to get your roar back? You ready? You better get your roar back because Sunday, June 13th, pastor's going to be talking about it. Steph, what's going to happen? 
We're going to take our roar into multiple neighborhoods. We're going to take our roar to the homeless. We're going to take our roar to the addicted. We're taking our roar to the nursing homes. We're taking our roar to underserved neighborhoods. Anybody ready to take your roar out? First of all, everybody's head bowed and eyes closed real quickly. This morning, you say, I'm far from God. Pastor, I'm totally backslidden. If I die today, I don't even know if I'd go to heaven. I sure don't feel like it. Or you've never given your life to Christ Jesus. If that's you, just put your hand up. I want to pray for you. Maybe you're back there, nobody looking around. Just raise your hand up here. You say, I need to rededicate or give my life to Christ. Here, there, or wherever. Amen. We see anybody, huh? Coming up to my left. In the pink. Yes, sweetheart. Come right up here, Miss Gwen. Just stand with this firehouse of God, my spiritual mama right there. Anybody else? This woman's the bravest woman in the house. You say, I need Jesus. You're like her this morning. That's, that's the first step to getting your roar. I want all of us, you online, type yes. And we'll also have someone pray with you, but you can pray right now too. Let's all pray with this beautiful lady. First of all, what do you think about her coming to give her life to Christ? Uh-oh, sounds like a, what do, you, what do you think about it? What's that mean? That means you're getting your roar. That's the roar I'm talking about. Sweetheart, I want you to pray this prayer with me and everyone else pray it as well. Dear Heavenly Father, I repent of sin. I believe Jesus died and rose on the third day. I believe his blood atones my sin. I ask Jesus Christ to live in my heart, to be my Lord and Savior. I thank you, Father. You said if I would believe and confess, I would be saved. So now I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm blood-bought. I'm a king's kid in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a shout. Come on. I know everybody wants to get on with their day. And we're going to talk about June 13th. But you just walking down here is such a symbol this morning. Cassie, I see a turnaround in your life. Some things have happened, I think, this weekend. I see it in the spirit. I don't know. I haven't talked to your family. That's caused you to doubt some things and challenge you to say, I need to get my roar back. I need to, Pastor, you're preaching to me. I, I, I need to get that fire back that I once had. Is that accurate? Yeah. Well, you don't have to work for it. You don't have to work for it. You just receive it. We, we don't have to work for the Father's love. It says he first loved us. So right now, I just release the gift of faith on you. See, you have giftings and anointings on you. You know that. Gifting of healing, the gift of faith on you. So, so I'm praying right now. Just raise your hands like this. Father, just stir up your gifts in Cassie. As she just comes today and gives it all back to you, gets it right with you, Lord, I pray right now, stir up your gifts of the Holy Spirit in her. Power, anointing. Love, faith, hope, rise up in her now. Grace, come all over her in Jesus' name. Maybe you're like Cassie. 
I want you to just raise your hands to heaven right now. Say this with me. Say, Father, I want my roar back. I want to take enemy-held territory. I want to be all you called me to be. I want vaccinated for my destiny. So it will be the greatest destiny I could ever imagine. Doing the greatest works for you that I ever dreamt I could do. This is a new day. This is a new time. This is a new season. Weeping is over. Joy, come now. Joy, come now. Joy, come now. Now, the way you manifest that roar is you shout. You roar. You praise. Begin to challenge and release yourself. On the count of three, I want you to give God your best roar right now. One, two, three. I want you to roar. I want you to roar like the lives of your children depend on it, their eternity. I want you to roar like the eternity of your parents, your family, your friends. I want you to roar like, 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 the, like the existence of your city, your state, your nation. I want you to roar like those broken, lost kids in our school system. I want you to roar for those homeless and addicted folks in and around our community. I want you to roar for addicted, broken, abused people in the church. I want you to roar not for yourself. I want you to release a roar that takes enemy-held territory forever. One, two, three, roar! All of you at home, stand up and roar. Your neighbor think you're crazy. We're going to do it one more time together, and you're going to do it with us at home right now. One, two, three. Amen, 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 amen. Ooh, man, looks good up here. I sure do love you. You are amazing, and, and uh, I just want you to just... Just give God a praise as you go back to your seat. Thank you for stepping out. I'm just telling you, it's broken. It broke last week. So, so you expect new things. It's a new day for every area of your heart that you wanted in. Amen. I love you. God bless you. Yes, give Pastor Steph a big shout. God bless you, sweetheart. Hey, hi, honey. I think I just turned it on.